Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. It is part of the plan. I don't know what is the plan in which or what is the thing that you are currently going through. I don't know what is that very particular circumstances, that difficulties, that challenges. I don't know what the thing is and I choose not to know because one thing I know is the fact that that same circumstances, God is about to use it as part of his plan to take you to the place of prominence in the name of Jesus. Enemy would have said to you that nothing good can come out of your life but I'm here as God's servant. Send and deployed as the midwife to your destiny to make you understand that everything and all that you've ever gone through that this service you will begin to see that it is part of the plan for your life to become a testimony that becomes your portion in the name of Jesus I want you to understand that I want you to say to somebody or probably I want you to tweet me back and say pastor it is part of the plan. I'm already fired up this morning because I know. I you see, I am in a hurry because of what God wants to do in somebody's life. In a hurry. I want you one more time to say, it is part of the plan. Regardless of the divorce that has happened, it is part of the plan. Regardless of the fact that you've been fired from your work, it is part of the plan. Regardless of the fact that you are currently looking at me, you don't even know what to eat. After this service is over, it is part of the plan. I don't care what men have said to you. They say that your life cannot amount to anything. They say that your life cannot be, cannot be, cannot be seen with goodness. They have made a conclusion to you. They have no clue that it is part of the plan. Because why God is about to introduce, where men put a full stop. God is about to introduce a comma in your life. God is about to make them understand that it is just a drive-through. That is not the destination. I decree upon everyone this morning, everyone that says to you that this is the full stop of your life, before their very eyes, you will be elevated before the place of prominence in the name of Jesus. One more time, I want you to say, it is part of the plan. I said one of the strongest things that we believe I need to be able to understand in this dispensation is the fact that we are joined here with the father. We are joined here with the father. Regardless of what is happening, my dear sisters and my dear brother this morning, I want you to know this, that you think that you are the only one going through that very particular pain. Let me shock you. God is in the midst of that pain with you. He is actually walking through with you because why? In Romans chapter 8 verse 17, the Bible may cause to understand that and since we are his children, we are his heir. In fact, together with Christ, he says we are together with Christ. You are the one looking at the circumstances that you are wondering. You are saying to yourself, no, I'm the one inside this trouble alone. This very particular thing is about to kill me, my dear sister. I want you to understand that regardless of the storm in your life, there is a Jesus that is about to walk in that storm. There is a Jesus that is about to come this morning and tell the storm, peace be still. That becomes your testimony this morning in the name of Jesus. He says, he makes us to understand that we are part of we are joined here with the Father. 
We are joined here with the Father. You are the one that is looking at the trouble. But it says, my dear sisters and brother this morning, he sent me to tell you on this activation Sunday, ability for you to be activated, for you to understand that this is just part of the plan that is about to take you to your place of your kingdom. It's about to take you to your place of glory. It's about to take you to your place of dominance. It's about to take you to your place where your voice matters and that becomes your portion this morning in the name of Jesus. We can also see in the book of 1st Peter chapter 5 verse 10. My dear, this is not my test, but I'm just giving you a background for you to understand that it is part of the plan. 1st Peter chapter 5 verse 10. 1st Peter 5 verse 10. The Bible there says from the standard and from the English standard version, the Bible here says, it says, and after he have suffered a little while, do you hear what the Bible says? He said, after you have suffered a little while, shatter. He says, the God of all grace, who has called you into eternal glory, in Christ will himself, look at the thing that he's about to do to somebody this morning. He says, after you have suffered a little while, my dear sister, I want you to say it one more time. It is part of the plan. He said, after you have suffered a little while, my dear, you are the one that is thinking that that suffering has been longer. I am here to make you understand that that suffering is about to come to an end this morning in the name of Jesus. He said, after you have suffered a little while, he says that Christ will himself, which means God, Christ himself, he would wrap possibility by himself concerning your life. He said, will himself restore. I don't know what is that thing that you have lost. I don't know what you have lost in this very particular year. I don't know what you have lost in the last few years. I don't know what you have lost even in this month of November. God is about to restore you. God is about to bring you to the place of dominance. He's about to bring you to the place of relevance. And after them, he says he will confirm on you. Where men has chose to say they don't want to recognize you. The Bible says God will confirm. After confirming you, he will strengthen you. After strengthening you, then he will now establish you. Somebody need this morning to be able to rejoice because why? God is about to go ahead to restore, to confirm, to strengthen, and to establish you this morning. That becomes your testimony in the name of Jesus. I want you to understand, beloved, that until we begin to understand as the body of Christ, that there is always a two side to the cross. There is always a two side to the cross. Two side of it. I know that, yes, majority of us, we are tired of what we are going through. But my dear sisters and brothers, I want, you to make, I want to make you understand this. That in the place of you getting tired, in the place of you getting wearied, God is making that same place, making that same process to become part of the plan, to change your life forever this morning. In the name of Jesus, we get to understand that with the cross, there are two sides to it. There is a place of carrying the cross, which I call the sacrifices of the cross. And there is a place of the benefit of the cross, which is enjoying life like you ever want to enjoy it. There is the place of the sacrifice. And majority of us this morning, we are going through the sacrifice of the cross. We are going through the pain. We are going through the abandonment. We are going through the price to pay on the table. We are going through the fasting. We are going through the prayers. We are going through the speaking in tongues. We are going through the confession. Regardless of the circumstances. 
as much as there is a sacrifice of the cross. My dear sister, there is also the benefit of the cross. I tell people, I said, before the cross came into existence, when Jesus was staying on the cross, the cross was a sign of applause. When the plus came into your stuff, every minus that had minus in your life, Jesus came at the center of it, lie and stretch his hand and begin to plus everything to come together for you. I decree this morning one more time, Every pain that you have gone through, every shame that you have experienced, every insult from anyone, this morning, I break that course of your life in the name of Jesus. One more time, say it again. It is part of the plan. It is part of the plan. My dear sisters and brothers, I want you to understand this very particular story. That no matter how a pregnant woman will carry the baby, there is always the part of that pregnant woman to go through what we call the labor pain. I know that I am not a woman and I do not pray to be one in the name of Jesus. Never will it ever cross my mind. In fact, it does not even come to my thinking. But I have heard by instructions and I have seen that happen in my life with other people's experience. That no matter how a woman will want to give birth stylishly, that is what is called the labor pain. That moment where the water break, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hey, I've been there. I know. <laughs> I've been there. When the water breaks, all of a sudden, the woman forget the makeup. She forget to understand that she needs to take a selfie because why? She is in the process of the labor pain. The process of the labor pain is so strong to her to the point that at that moment, she can call her husband, which if case is not taken. Because why? She is not bothered about the baby I love you kind of conversation. She is bothered about delivering what she is carrying on the inside. The same thing also applied to somebody this morning. That before the breakthrough comes out, there is always the place of the pain. There is always the place of a pain. There is always the place of a pain. Regardless of how you want to experience some certain level. I know that this morning this church is known as the family of rest. But in the place of rest, God has made us to understand that after we have suffered a while, that rest is guaranteed. After we have suffered a while, that rest is guaranteed. This morning I decree, I said every of your blessing, every of your blessing, it is routed in the place of the pain. It is routed in the place of the disappointment. It is routed in the place of the fear. It is routed in the place of how do I even come about this thing? How do I even, what will I need to do here? Is the part of the plan is the fact that even in the confusion, it is still part of the plan. Even in the place where you disbelieve, it is still part of the plan. Even the place where you look at your husband, you feel like waking your husband 2 a.m. and give him a slap on his forehead so that he can understand that, baby, don't you get it? I am tired of this life. It is also part of the plan. You look at your boss, you feel like slapping your boss at the back of his head for him to, for him to increase your salary. And your boss is still telling you no, even when you are meeting up to all the demands in which in the company require from you. But yet he's still saying to you, no, baby, I want you to understand something. It is still part of the plan. Let's look at our test this morning. As we begin to go deep down into our message this morning, our test. In the book of Psalm chapter 34, from verse 19 to 22. Psalm chapter 34, from verse 19 to 22. Psalm 34, from verse 19 to 22. I'm already hearing this very particular one in my spirit. The Lord asked me to say to somebody this morning, that by this time next week Sunday, that you will share a testimony of a concern concerning you. In the name of Jesus, I repeat it again. By this time next week Sunday, that concern that you are currently going through, where you are thinking, can this come to pass? 
The Lord asked me to tell you this morning that by this time next week Sunday, you will call your pastor and say, Pastor, join me to celebrate. It is done. I pray for you that that becomes your reality in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in our test this morning, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Do you notice the scripture? It says many are the afflictions of unbelievers. It is just many are the afflictions of those who do not even know how to pray. Those who are not in Christ. He said many are the afflictions of the righteous. When you see this kind of statement, you feel like, but God, why? Why will many be the afflictions of the righteous? But there is a but factor. He said, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. He said he kept his bones. None of them is broken. Which means in the place of where you are going through the problem, going through the pains, going through the anxiety, he said God keeps your bone whereby none of them is broken. He said evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. He said the Lord redeemed the soul of his servant and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. The Lord delivers, which means there must be something that you are going through for you to see the hand of God delivering you. There must be something that you are currently facing. There must be a challenge that you are currently looking. I tell people, I say, see, don't be quick for you to pray away. Because even the Bible says he prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemy. He is not going to kill your enemy. He's only going to make your enemy powerless to the point that a three-course meal sitting with a crown on your head, sitting at that very part, your enemy are looking at you, but they can't touch you. Because why? He is a God that knows how to disgrace policy, adjust constitution, to favor his children. I decree upon your life this morning, as the service is known as Activation Sunday, everything that needs to be activated in your life, for your enemy to know that there is a God, it gets activated this morning in the name of Jesus. It says many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Arohoto Shatala. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them all. I want you to say to yourself, I am delivered this morning. <laughs> I want you to make that confession. I am delivered this morning. Because why? The righteous has a promise that regardless of the effect and what is currently happening, that I am delivered. I decree one more time upon everyone that is planted in Platform Church, every covenant member of this, of this commission, I decree upon your life, every trouble and shame, everything that you have ever gone through that is not of God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I cancel it off your life, this minute, in the name of Jesus. Rahoto Barakateja Bratoza. I come with an holy anger this morning to introduce you to a God that can use your pain to route new possibility. The God that you can give him your pain, give him your difficulty, give him your challenges, give him your fears, and yet he will use that to route some amazing possibility that will make your enemy, your enemy open their mouth ah, and they can't close it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them all from them. One of the things in which I put here, I said as believers in this world, we are not immune to the decay and the difficulties or challenges of it. We are not. We are not immune to it. As much as whether you like it or not, we wake up this very particular year with all the promises, all of a sudden, bizarre. we get to see what is called COVID-19. In fact, it's called COVID-19, but yet it's crossed 19 to 20. You feel like, you feel like reality is it COVID-20. COVID-19 cross over and you are wondering, many are the afflictions of the righteous. There are lots of people that I know that are in Christ that lost their businesses. Some people even lost their marriage in COVID-19. Some people lost their children in COVID-19. 
But yet, the Bible still says many are the affliction. Many are the affliction. My dear, I want you to understand this this morning. That as we begin to look into this very particular thing and begin to see some of the mystery, I want you to know that that very particular thing that you are going, in the presence of the pain, God will route new possibilities for you this morning in the name of Jesus. The Bible makes us to understand in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. Genesis 50 verse 20. This is a story of um, Joseph. This is a story of Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph from the book of Genesis chapter 37. How Joseph got a dream. All of a sudden with his dream, the people decided, you know, you know it's quite funny when it is the ones that you think that will help you. Those are the same ones that will not believe in you. The ones that you put all your trust. In fact, you're willing to lay your life down for them. But when things hit the fan, I wanted to use the S word, but let me just be holy this morning. When things hit the fan, all of a sudden they disappeared from your life. And you wonder, ah, ah. even me, your pastor, I've seen that. Just being in the ministry, I know how many friends has deleted me, unfriend me, unfollow, on whatever. But I understand that, my dear, when a destiny has been set upon your life, even your own family member may not even believe the grace of God upon your life. The same thing also happened with Joseph. Joseph had the beautiful dream. All of a sudden, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and Joseph, come when the family all came together and they met him, especially his brothers, and he says to them, you intended to hurt me, but see what God has done. <laughs> he said, you intended to hurt me. You intended to use my weakness as an advantage. You intended to use the fact that I have a destiny. You intended to use the fact that I'm starting a business. You intended to use the fact that I told you that I want to get married. You intended to use the fact that I told you that I want to start the business. I want to travel to Dubai. I want to go into a new operation. Because I told you, you decided to use it against me. And Joseph said in that very particular, he says, see what the Lord has done. That becomes somebody's testimony this morning in the name of Jesus. And also we can see that in the book of John chapter 14, from verse 26 and verse 27. John 14, 26, 27. This is a story where Jesus was making us to understand that he is going to send us a comforter. He says, I will send you a comforter. I will send you a comforter. He said, he will teach you all things. All things. Which means in the plane, I mean in the pain where you are, in that difficulties where you feel like all hell is breaking loose. He said, I will teach you all things. 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 I need somebody to settle this in your mind. Because you are the one that is looking at the pain, feeling as if nothing is going to happen in your life. But the Lord said, I should tell you that in the place of the pain, he will teach you all things. Teach you how to come out with it. How to come out in a stylish manner. The ability like the theme of this message is the fortitude grace for you to be able to pull out yourself from that very particular mystery. See, this is the thing in which I tell people and I'm very quick to say it. I says, as far as salvation is concerned, salvation is a responsibility. Salvation is a, it is not an escape route to lasciviousness. It is not an escape route to laziness. It is a route to responsibility. Ability for you to determine the happenings in your life. Determining the happenings in your life. That is what salvation does. It helps you in the place of the helping. It then empowers you. It emp because why? At salvation. Your redemptive benefit has given you the ability to be like God. But the responsibility to pull out that ability, it is now your responsibility to do so. It is your responsibility to do so. One of the things in which I want you to understand, beloved, in which I said, I said, beloved, I want you to understand that tribulations and pain are part of life, but not a destination for us as a believer. 
It is part of life, my dear. This is not a message that I'm here to, 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 to make you feel as if, no, the pain you are going through is a reality. It is a reality. I hear your pain. I see your pain. I feel your pain. Even Jesus, when he came, the Bible says he came to redeem man from the pain that they were going through. So which means the place of the pain is also the place of the glory. Somebody needs to send me that very particular place, that very particular message. The place of your pain is also the place of your glory. Lies in the pain, that's where the miracle is. Lies in the pain, that's where the breakthrough is. Lies in the pain, that's where your comfort is. Lies in the pain, that's where your testimony is. Your testimony will not come from an outside source. It comes within the pain. Within the pain. When you look at the concept of pain, you look at the concept of discomfort, you look at the concept of anxiety, fear, and everything. How come it is the stroke of Jesus that gives us our healing? Jesus was going through pain, but here they say it is in the koboko that they are flogging his body. That is where the redemption of man takes place. Jesus was being nailed on the cross, but they say it is in the belief that he was nailed on the cross. That is where the salvation comes, which means the place of the pain is actually where the glory is. I feel like praying one more time for somebody this morning. Anyone that is going through pain, I decree upon your eyes this morning, let your eyes be open to see the blessing that is around you in the name of Jesus. There is always a blessing around. There is always a blessing around. There is always a blessing around. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. He says, and be content with such things as they have. Be content with it as they have. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake you. I will never leave thee. Your father says he will never leave you. See, that word never means no matter what you do. See, I don't care what anybody wants to say this morning. I don't care maybe last night you sleep in somebody's husband's home or you sleep in somebody's wife's home. I don't care maybe you came out from, how do you guys call it in South Africa? Hangover. Yeah, it's called hangover. You have an hangover or whatever. I don't care what it is. But the Bible says that the moment you gave your life to Christ, it was an eternal salvation that was given to you. Based on that understanding, it says, I will never leave you. Never will I forsake you. I know that, yes, you might have character deficiencies. I know that, yes, you might have issues with morals and principle. But as far as your spiritual life is concerned, no wonder the Bible says, he said, those that worship the Lord must worship him in truth and in spirit, not in the flesh. Because the flesh is prone to different kinds of pain. The flesh is prone to different kinds of works. The flesh is prone to anger, prone to jealousy, prone to bitterness, prone to lasciviousness, prone to pride, prone to whatever. The flesh is prone to that. No wonder God looked at it and said, no, if I am going to make my children to come out of this mess, I must be able to give them some certain possibility so that they can override the flesh communication from the spirit man that I'm going to recite. I decree one more time, anyone listening to me, struggling with you, living a life of righteousness that is already on the inside of you. I decree right now, everything that is contending with that very particular faith of yours, I break the yoke in the name of Jesus. I break the yoke in the name of Jesus. One minute you are hot, the next minute you are cold. Whatever the thing is, I break the yoke this morning in the name of Jesus. Let me also show you in the book of Isaiah chapter 49 from verse 15 to verse 19. Isaiah 49. 
from verse 15 to verse 19. Because I want you to see this morning that, <laughs> you see my dear, I am hearing in my spirit this morning and I feel, I feel like saying this to somebody, that you have gone to sit with your boss and your boss is refusing to renegotiate your contract. And your boss is saying to you that he will not renegotiate the contract. I don't know what is that contract. Maybe the contract in my head, I'm hearing contract, but at the same time also I'm hearing a job employment. That you, you are due for renegotiation. But yet it is not happened. They are trying to use the coronavirus as an escape route. See, my dear, let me say this by the gift of knowledge that God has given me. This very particular thing, it is not the fact that they are trying to, for example, to try not to negotiate. Somebody is trying to play nepotism in that very particular company. And I decree upon your life this morning, by tuning into this very particular ministry, I decree that anybody trying to take your place of inheritance, trying to take your place of dominance, I break the yoke of that person off your life in the name of Jesus. Anyone that has vowed to say, you will not get the place of your relevance, the place of your information, the place of your crowning. I break the yoke of the person in the name of Jesus. The Lord said, I should tell you, whoever this person is, that this week, karoto that this week, hear my word and hear me well, this week, they will renegotiate the contract, employ you back, and give you what you deserve. That becomes your testimony in the name of Jesus. Please, I don't want you to chicken out. Stay in faith because you will see how the ball is going to turn to your favor. And before you know what is going on, they will call you with an apology and at the same time put you to the place where you deserve. That becomes your portion in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 49. From verse 15 to verse 19. From the living Bible. The Bible says here. It says never can a mother forget a little child. And do not have love for her own son. It says never. It is not possible. It says yet even if it shall be. Which let's say the mother forget. Say but God says I will not forget you. Ah this morning. <laughs> oh Raha Katosha. Your enemy is in trouble. Because this morning God is in a hurry. To wrap you in his hand. Tattooed you in his palm and position you before the world. Because why the time for you to display the kingdom. Their activation is in a hurry to operate in your life. And that becomes your reality. In the name of Jesus. In verse 16 he says. He says see I have tattooed your name upon my palm. You are the one that is thinking that God does not know your name. He said I have tattooed it upon my palm. He says and ever before me in the picture of Jerusalem. Walls and room. He says, soon your builders shall come and chase away those destroying you. Ah! See, your rebuilders are coming. Ah, Lakota. The people who think that nothing good can come out of your life. I hear God saying to me this morning that new rebuilders are coming to your life this morning in the name of Jesus. People that will look at your gift, look at the pain you have gone through, look at that contract, look at your marriage, look at your health. Your rebuilders are coming to chase away those people that are spoiling it. And yet also, after they help you chase away, they will join you to rebuild your wall again. The Bible then says, verse 18, it says, look and see. For the Lord has vowed that all your enemies shall come and be your slave. <laughs> the Lord vowed. Do you know, you know what it means for God to vow using his son Jesus that all your enemy shall come and be your slave. He said there shall be jewels as displayed as a bridal ornament. He said even the most desolate part of your abandoned land shall be crowned with your people and your enemies who enslave you shall be far away. That becomes somebody's testimony this morning in the name of Jesus. As we begin to get into the content of our message in full now, 
what is the meaning of fortitude? Because I know that the team says the fortitude grace, it is part of the plan. What is the meaning of fortitude? Just for me to be able to put this together so that on the context of this message, fortitude comes with different meaning. But on the context of this message, fortitude means here, yeah, I say it is the strength of the mind that enables one to endure adversity with courage to get the promise ahead of them. It is the strength of the mind that enables one to endure adversity with courage. Endure the adversity with courage to be able to take hold of what the end is saying. One of the things we can see with meaning of fortitude also, it is called backbone. Like Nigeria, we call it backbone. It is called boldness. It is called a fighting spirit. This morning I decree, every one of you that has given up on life, you are at a particular point where you are tired of continuing. I release the fortitude upon your life right now. In the name of Jesus, that backbone that you need, that spiritual energy that you need, the ability and the possibility that needs to be fired into your body, I shot that possibility into your spirit man right now. In the name of Jesus, fortitude. It is the strength of the mind. The strength of the mind. The strength of the mind. We can also see with the meaning of grace. A lot of people have a particular word about grace. They say grace is God's restoration at Christ's expense. Some people tell you that it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Some people tell you that it's gracious reality at Christ's expense. Yes, I know that everything is Christ's expense. But for the context of this morning message, yes, it is God's restoration, but at Christ's expense. But your part of you enjoying that very particular restoration, your part needs to be played. Because we have so much, especially we, who are the Pentecostals, whereby we are coming with a grace message, we have helped you to become lazy, to make you think that you can get at grace at any time. You cannot do that. You can't wake up all of a sudden, go sleep around, come back, and you are HIV positive, and you think that you are not going to face the pain. Grace there will empower you for you to go through the antiretroviral drugs. Then after you have suffered for a while, then it will deliver you. But the part for you to be responsible had to be there. And so because of that, what is the grace from Platform Church? And every members of Platform Church, you need to take this one serious. Because when you understand this level of grace, it puts a responsibility upon your life for you to know that yes, I may be able to play with grace, but my dear, it has an expiry date. You fall, you sleep with somebody that is not your husband, you fall pregnant, you will carry, grace will not remove the baby. Grace will say, we will give you strength. You will carry the baby nine months and God help you, the child is not sick. Or God help you, you are not sick. But this is the definition of grace. I say grace here yeah, because I need to read it so that you write it down. Because I know platform family, we are writers. We write. Grace, what is grace? I said it is a divine favor which answers to man's obedient. That is grace. Divine favor that answers to your obedient. If you choose not to be obedient to it, nothing can happen. If you choose not to be, nothing. You can't just say you don't want to be obedient and yet grace is already operating. It's not possible. Who lied to you? It is a divine favor which answers to man's obedience. The grace of God for salvation is there, yes. But it takes a man to accept it. So which means that it's a responsibility for you to do. Do you know that as far as God is concerned, everybody is born again and at the same time, everybody is a sinner. But the decision you take this morning, determines if you will operate as a born-again child of God in the fullness of what God has for you or if you will remain in the shadow of things. That responsibility is yours. I'll repeat it again. I say grace is, an, grace is a divine favor which answers to man's obedience. 
It is not unmerited because your part of responsibility is required in all aspects or in all facets of your life. In all aspects, it is a divine favor which answers to man's responsibility. For me to back up the scripture, let's look at the book of Romans chapter 5. From verse 1 to verse 5. Romans 5. From verse 1 to verse 5. It is about to get interesting this morning because I am in a hurry for me to release the grace on somebody's life to end every challenges that you are currently suffering. But I need us to do a background so that by the time we are declaring God's counsel, as it is known as the Activation Sunday, by the time we are activating some certain possibility, you will see how to run with your life and become obedient, accountable to a system that will deliver to you. Romans chapter 5, from verse 1 to verse 5. The Bible says here, it said, therefore, being justified by faith, he said, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but, but we in tribulation, also knowing that in tribulation, worketh patient and patient experience and experience hope and hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Do you know that that very particular thing is given to us? But our parts to play in the place of the tribulation. Because in the tribulation, it produces patience. In the patient, it produces experience. That is why I tell people, I said, see, celebrate your pain. Because it is in the pain the glory becomes manifested. It is in the pain you begin to learn 42 ways of how to come out of this mess. Seven ways of how to tell my wife I love you. 32 ways of how to know how to cook good food for my husband. In the pain, that is when your creative juice begins to come out. But the fact that as much as believers, we are very quick to say, no, you, you don't understand. I don't want this. My dear, even Paul the Apostle says it. He says, in my place of weakness, the grace of God more abound much. In the place of my weakness, I see the grace of God abound so much. So which means weaknesses and pain makes God's grace very loud and very strong. One of the things in which I said here as a baby, I want you to know that regardless of your pain you are going through, <laughs> It is producing a capacity. It is producing a strength. And it is giving you vigor for you to be able to stand. Now let's begin to look at some of the examples before we begin to go into some things that, 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 that this morning I'm trying for me not to be able to preach but I feel the preaching grace resting upon me. I am trying to just twitch whether I teach and I preach. But whichever one the Lord wants me to do this morning definitely the Holy Spirit will take charge this morning and please and please open your faith because God is about to speak to you this morning to address your concerns of your life in the name of Jesus. Now let's look at example of those who, who, who went through this very particular thing and it becomes part of the plan for God to use it. One of them is a person that I call Sarah. Sarah, in the book of Isaiah chapter 51 verse 12, Isaiah 51 verse 12, the Bible says here, it says, look unto Abraham your father and to Sarah who gave birth to you, which I called him. He was only one man and I blessed him and I made him many. What he called Abraham was called in Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 3 and God called Abraham out of he was one man at 75 years old Abraham had no issue he was going through a pain at that very particular point in time his wife also at that moment has already given up but the Bible says that we should look unto Abraham 
That is for those of us who are men. And look unto Sarah for those of you who are women. And to see the fortitude grace that she carries. The ability to go through all the issues. And yet in the place of the issues, she was able to still stand strong. Even when she made mistake. Because that is where it is part of the plan. <laughs> it is part of the plan. I said she was a woman of pain. She was mocked and ridiculed. Sarah was mocked and ridiculed. Even God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah. And all of a sudden, her name Sarah means mother of many nations, but nothing looks like many in her life. Everybody was calling her Sarah. The same way people are looking at you this morning. That, oh, I thought that you were married. And they're looking at you the first time you, you go to an event, they ask you, where's your husband? And you are thinking, my God, you don't understand me. Don't make me feel bad. They were calling you your destination. The same thing also with Sarah. Sarah was called mother of many nations. And Abraham also was called father of many nations. But yet, nothing looked like many in their life. They were going through a pain of their life, but yet they still choose to stay. And this is a thing also we see. And this is one of the things I want to appeal to everybody this morning. That please and please don't be too in a hurry for you to create an answer quickly out of the pain you are going through. Because it is very easy for us to look for quick solution. Because you are looking for quick feast. Quick feast has a way of fixing us for permanent damage. And we can see with the pain. The pain was so heavy, was so strong on the life of Sarah, to the point that Sarah looked at it and said, come, my husband. See, you don't understand. I know that my body cannot carry anything again. I know that you are firing, and you are not firing blank. You are firing right. It's just the fact that things are not working. Let me help you. Ah, all of a sudden, the helping which Sarah put on the table has become a serious pain that we currently now, we are currently facing. We as the believer of Christ, we are facing that very particular. I prayed this morning for somebody. Every pain that you are currently going through as a result of your ignorance. Ah, I feel like I hear God say, I should say it one more time. Every pain that you are currently going through as a result of your ignorance, as a result of your own findings in it, I destroyed that pain this morning in the name of Jesus. Maybe out of curiosity, out of the fact that you're looking for fast way, fast move, fast game, you find yourself in this mess. I release the power of rest that this commission carries to operate in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Sarah chooses to help Abraham. He said, God, I know that, okay, fine, you said the promised child will come from my husband, Abraham. Let me help him so that at least this thing can come to pass. All of a sudden, that pain called Ishmael, we are still trying to recover from the pain. Because why? By covenant, because Ishmael is part of the covenant lineage of Abraham. That is why when I see some certain things, I tell people, I say, see, no matter how you want to insult, please try not to insult covenants. Covenant has a way of pulling possibilities in your life. The Bible calls to understand what was called the story of Haggai and Ishmael. When they were in that very particular wilderness, when there was no water, the Bible says, and Haggai was crying. Ishmael was crying. But the Bible said something that was very interesting, that God answered the cry of Ishmael. Why? Ishmael was a lineage of covenant. And so because of that, heaven has a responsibility to answer Ishmael. The same thing also that I want to prophesy on somebody's life this morning. Because this is a service of activation. I'm activating possibilities in you. Regardless of how far the mess looks like in your life this morning. Because you are planted in this very particular commission. Because you are rooted in God. I break that curse off your life. In the name of Jesus. 
everything that has spoken negative concerning your destiny, everything that has vowed and says that you will never move forward from this place based on the covenant that you have with Jesus, based on the covenant that you have with the church, based on the covenant that you placed on this commission, I decree right now upon your life that very particular voice comes to an end in your life in the name of Jesus. God recognizes covenant. He's still a covenant-keeping God. He is not a God that will change his mind simply because you are emotional. There is not a God that will change his mind simply because you know how to cry or you know how to shout. No. He is a covenant principle. We can then see with, with the life of Sarah that when Sarah got to a particular point in Genesis chapter 21 from verse 1 to verse 3, regardless of the pain, at age 89 or 90, Sarah gave birth. I decree upon your life that even in that pain, Whatever you want to give back to this season, I release that grace for you to give back in the name of Jesus. I don't know what is the thing you want to give back to. The fortitude for you to be able to push. The fortitude for you to be able to know how to. Let that grace rest upon you in the name of Jesus. Sarah gave back regardless of the insult. Her name matched up to the reality in her life. Everyone that has said to you, where is your husband? Ah, I decree by this time next year, you will show them, this is my husband. This is my wife. In the name of Jesus, enough of the insult. Another person also we can see is the guy which I call the three Hebrew boys. We all know their names. Shedrach, Mishan, and Abednego. You may want to include Daniel in the picture. These very particular guys, they were sitting at a place. Mind you, they were captured. They were Jews. They were captured as if that was not even enough. They managed to give them a position that was not even elevated. And all of a sudden, we can see with the three Hebrew children in Daniel chapter 1, and also in Daniel chapter 3, that it get to a particular point after we are a slave, as if that was not enough. Another possibility of pain came upon their life. But they choose to say, I refuse to allow this pain to make me not to stay in the place of my destiny. All of a sudden, the king decreed at the book of Daniel chapter 3, made a decree to say, everybody must bow down to this. Daniel and his boys, they look, I mean, what's it called? Shadrach, Mishan, and Abednego, the three guys, they look and say, brah, you don't understand. We have been going through enough pain being a slave in Babylon. And so no matter what you are going to do now, it is not going to make a difference. We will still enjoy the pain because it is in the pain you were able to make us leader in some certain provinces. But it is still that same pain. We will continue because we know the pain produces glory. And we can say in the book of Daniel, that when Daniel chapter 3, that when the king got angry and said, ah, ah, because those boys, they were arrogant. That's the only way I can say it. Our generation of say those people are not respecting. They are not respecting their elders. Elders say, bow. We are not bowing. Calm down. Elders, see, I tell people, I said, if he's not unto Christ, you have no responsibility respecting that very particular thing. No responsible. I tell my wife all the time, and I'm not afraid to say it, to any woman that is listening to me, if your husband is not serving us unto Christ, you have no business obeying whatever he's going to say. He's telling you, let's go and steal, and you're saying you want to go and do it. Is that unto Christ? No. So every submission that is not going to be unto Christ, you have no business. I told my wife, the day you hear me talk something that is not unto Christ, you, you don't need to even consult anybody. Get me the divorce paper, I will sign it. Because I'm about to kill your destiny. Follow me as I follow Christ. That was what Paul said. And we can see with the Hebrew children, they get to understand and say, ah, ah, bow down to your graven image when we know the God that, we, that, the God that has called us into this very particular thing. And the Bible says, and the king got angry. Even in the place that they were slave, and in the place of slave, they were still willing to say this pain will, will go through it. Because they understand that God can route possibility through pain. 
And when he get to that very particular space, we get to see with the life of these very particular three Hebrew boys. And the king got angry, threw the guys into the fire. While they landed in the fire, the fourth man appeared. <laughs> the fourth man appeared. I don't know who you are this morning. Because of the pain, because you refuse to sign the contract of bribery, you refuse to increase that very particular figure, you choose to stay in your faith, and all of a sudden you are going through pain. I decree upon your life that every pain that you have suffered thus far comes to an end in the name of Jesus. Because of your righteous cause that you have chosen to stay, all of a sudden the devil has decided to use that as a baiting strategy to buffet you. I stand this morning on this exalted altar and I decree upon your life this morning every pain that you have gone through based on your faith, based on your salvation, I cause that pain from the root to dry up right now in the name of Jesus. They stood their ground and the fourth man appeared. They said in this pain, we would rather prefer to die. But guy, in case if we do not die, let me tell you in advance. Because we know we'll come out of this fire. But after we come out, we will still not bow down to you. Still not go. We will still not compromise. And we can see that very particular thing. That they stood. They stood. It was part of the plan. It is part of the plan. Another person in which I want to say this morning is a guy called Joseph. I'll be anchoring in the next 30 minutes plus from now. I'll be anchoring on this guy called Joseph so that we begin to see some certain possibility of this guy. Joseph had the dream. This was a young man at 18. In Genesis chapter 37 verse 5. Young man at 18 years old had the dream. Told his family and his brother. The Bible says, the, the, what's it called? The father looked at him, my friend, calm down. Because that very particular thing talks about kings and kingdoms. And at the same time also it talks about the ability for you to know, know how to separate the kings and kingdoms. But at the same time also how to, to, to call somebody father. The reason why the father rebuked Joseph was because come, I am the king of this house. What do you mean? But at the same time the father looked at him. The Bible says the father observed his talk. At least thank God for the father. Thank God for men who can still sit and look at us. With the sons of this very particular generation. And observes our saying observes our pattern. Yes, they are quick to correct us from the things in which we are saying because yes, we are not perfect, but they are not quick to give up on us. We can see with the life of Joseph. Joseph at that very particular point at Genesis chapter 35, I mean Genesis 37. Joseph at that very particular point, all of a sudden the brothers got very angry. The same way where some certain things you are going through in your life right now. People are just bitter. They are bitter because why? They look at you. How come you are the only one that is married? How come you are the only one that wants to start that business? How come you are the only one that usually have the benefit in your company? How come? All oh, the how come, how come, how come? They went to connive with the devil to attack you. We can see that very particular reality with Joseph. And we can see the Bible makes us to understand that in Genesis chapter 37 verse 19, Joseph had to get to the point where he had to pay the price. He had to pay the price in full. See, no matter how you want to get to the place of destiny, there is a price that is attached to it. Nobody ever climbed to the top without climbing through a ladder. There is always a step, and that step can be the step of disappointment, the step of pain, the step of people insulting you, the step of people giving you names, the step of people leaving you, the step of even your husband or wife not even believing in you. Joseph went through all the pain. He went through all the pain to the point that even when Joseph got to that very particular place where the father asked him to go and feed the brothers and give them food, the Bible says, and the brothers came together. They look at Joseph and say, this one, let's see what will come out of his life. Let's see what will come out of his life. And all of a sudden, by the time they were masterminding to destroy the life of Joseph, 
The same way people are masterminding this morning to destroy your life. Oh, Barakatozata, they have no clue that they are about to set you up to the place of your destiny. Ah, Katoza, I decree one more time that anyone that is trying to set you up, may they set you up to the place of your relevance in the name of Jesus. Mordecai thought, I mean, Herman thought that he was setting himself up, had no clue. That he was busy decorating Mordecai who was at the gate. The same thing also this morning I'm saying for somebody. That same enemy in your company. That same enemy sitting in your house. That same enemy sitting in that business. That refused to allow you to move forward. I decree this morning. I change the atmosphere. They announce you for blessings. They announce you for favor. They announce you for promotion. They announce you for health. They announce you for good things. That becomes your portion this morning. In the name of Jesus. Joseph had no clue. That this is the place where things will begin to happen in my life. And all of a sudden we see as they conspired. They now decided to bury Joseph. They put him on a pit. And this is the thing about it here. Where Reuben, Reuben wanted to help Joseph. See, there's some certain help that you don't need. I, I feel like saying this very particular. Any help that will make you not fulfill destiny. Hey, yeah, I need to say it. Any help that will shortcut the process of you fulfilling that destiny. I cause that help from not coming in the name of Jesus. Because why? There are some certain process you have to go through in life. For you to be able to amount. Can I shock you? The Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. And the Joseph in Genesis chapter 41. Things happen. Because that version of Joseph that is dreaming and the version of Joseph that will be the king, that version, of, they, they don't connect. But between Genesis chapter 37 and Genesis chapter 41, verse 41, the pains and the process happens. And all of a sudden we saw, before he get to that point, Reuben almost wanted to help the guy. But thank God for the Judas in our lives. <laughs> thank God for the Judah. No wonder this morning I was meditating and Jesus said to me, he said, do you know that Judas was actually the one that actually came, took him out of the pit and make sure that they sold him to the place of his destiny. They sold him the same way the Bible makes us to understand that we serve a God who is the lion, the tribe of Judah. Because why? Jesus has come to take us out of that very particular pit and to allow us to be sold into the place of our destiny. He has allowed and factored things. And thank God for the Judas because we need the Judah. Sorry, we need the Judah in our life. It can be painful, but yes, it is part of the plan. It can look as if life is giving up on us, but it is okay. It is part of the plan. And we'll see Judah came. And all of a sudden, Judah came, sell this guy to his destiny. And in Genesis chapter 41, from verse 41, we see that <laughs> Joseph eventually entered his rest. I pray for someone this week that you will enter your rest in the name of Jesus. Every pain that in which you have gone through, Every disappointment from men, every disappointment from women, every disappointment from systems, I decree this month you will enter into that rest in the name of Jesus. Now, let's begin to look at some certain things about Joseph's life. Because until we begin to see, when the Holy Spirit was making me to do this very particular thing, I said, God, let somebody be blessed. Because this very particular thing, every one of us, we are that space in our life. The four piece that I'm about to look, which means you and I know too, is the four piece. The first P, P there was the fact that Joseph was in a pit. The second P there was the fact that Joseph was in Potiphar's house. The third P there was the fact that Joseph was in prison. But thank God for the last P. Somebody this morning, you are falling into your last P season in the name of Jesus. But let's look at this very particular four P. What does this four P means in your life? 
I don't know who you are, but I have to say this to you this morning. As far as you are a born again child of God, there is a destiny with your name on it. God has designed a destiny that is so big to the point that the devil, he's having a tailspin in his head. His brain is doing wee, 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 like a siren that is about to go and carry somebody that is sick. His head is rolling because why? The day you gave your life to Christ, a destiny was handed over to you. I tell people, I said, seven billion population on planet Earth. That is seven billion mysteries about God. So you are also part of the people that is going to become a voice in this generation. It's just the fact that you've not seen your place. It's just the fact that you've not been awakened to the consciousness of what God has called you to do. And for those of you who are streaming this morning, I want to encourage you, go back into some of my messages I preach. I think on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, when it comes to the issue of how for you to be able to discover, I think it's what they call one of the series called the Discovery Series. It was a two-part series. How to discover the things on your inside. Because the day you gave your life to Christ, you were given a mission. You were given a mandate. Your name come with a destination at end. But let's look at this 4P. One of the 4P there is what I call the pit experience. Now this pit experience is what I call the separation. When Joseph got that very particular dream, life had to begin to conform to make sure that the space of Joseph is created. In Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse 3, when God called Jim, 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 what is it called? Abraham, and he said to Abraham, leave your father. See, there is always a point in your life where separation is going to happen. People is going to abandon you. People are going to leave you. And the separation can be very painful because why the Bible says, when Joseph was put in that very particular pit, the pit where Joseph was, was the pit whereby there was no water and there was no food. It will get to a point in your life whereby you will feel as if life, this is the end of the journey. My dear sisters and brothers, me, your pastor, I have been in that space. I can tell you it is not palatable, but it is worth it. I know what it means for me to eat tomatoes and tomatoes and water for nine months of my life in this country because I have to fulfill a destiny. I know you'll be like, what? Yes, tomatoes and water, nine months. I have a witness that we are staying together. I have taken my wife to the place where we grew up. In this very part, yeah, back, back, somewhere around here, Cosmo City, yeah. It is the place of my peace. It was very painful. Very painful. But it was a worthy journey. It made me the man of wood I am today. I remember I was telling one of the doctors of this commission. I said, see, pain is okay. Because it is in the place of pain that you'll be able to get some things. Do you know that I have clean companies? Clean ministry for 150 rand. It's as big. I don't even know how to describe how big the thing is. Per month, 150 rand. And sometimes they don't even pay me. The place of separation. When, when you have the destiny in your life, when there is a destiny attached to you, a place of separation will come. Whereby it will look as if everything is dry and there is no navigation. It will look as if you are at the end of your life. Nothing is about to happen. My dear, I want to give you the fortitude grace this morning. I don't know who you are. Maybe as I'm talking, you are saying, Pastor, this is me. I don't know who you are. You are the very particular place whereby destiny has put you in the place of separation. The people that promise you they are going to give you their fund. The people that promise you that they are going to come up for you. They are going to show up for you for that interview. Show up for you for that boss. Show up for you for that tender. Show up for you for your career. Show up for you to, imp to, to improve your life. All of a sudden, dry land. I pray for you, anyone in that very particular space this season. I pray right now, the fortitude to go through the season. Father, let it rest upon everyone in the name of Jesus. Everyone at the place of their separation techniques, whereby they are now lonely. 
They feel as if life is about to come to an end. They feel as if suicide is what they are thinking. They feel as if it is better for me to just pack and go. Oh, Lord, you are the same God who built me from the arrows of suicide. You are the same God who built me from the arrow of death. I pray over everyone this morning on this very particular pit separation techniques. I decree right now, the same fortitude you gave me to come out of that very particular space. Lord, let that same grace reach their life in the name of Jesus. The separation techniques. It is painful to be there. But my dear, it is watchful to go through it. It is painful to be separated. Separated from the things in which you know. Separated from your friends. The friends who you guys call yourself Chomi. All of a sudden, simply because, I feel like just sharing this, simply because you are married to an umfundis and they decided to abandon you. It is okay. Allow God so forth in your life to see how God will make you a wonder to the generation. One of the people in which I want you to understand is the fact that even Jesus went through the issue of separation. In Matthew chapter 26 from verse 36 to 56. Matthew 26, 36 to 56. Jesus went through that pain. He got to a particular point when he was on the Mount of Gethsemane. All Jesus was doing, the ability for him to let the God class of him live so that he can be man to die, it was painful. And when he allowed the, the fullness of God to live and he become man, he was separated. No wonder we can see in the book of Luke chapter 23 verse 46. The Bible says, and Jesus screamed, oh Lord, why art thou forsaking me? It was as the same thing like Joseph. There are some of you this morning, you are feeling, Lord, why have you forsaken me? My day hasn't forsaken me. There is a glorious destiny at the end of this separation where you are. My dear, the fortitude to go through. Let it rest upon you in the name of Jesus. What is the second P this morning? Let's look at the second P. The second P is what I call the Potiphar's house. You see the Potiphar's house, my dear, majority of us, we have killed ourselves in the Potiphar's house. It is what I call the system of compromise. Whereby it always looks like the destination, but not the destination. It looked like this is where, like, yo, Father, I am, yo, God, I am, yeah, thank God, yo, yo. I may not be able to get the 10 billion, but it's okay. I can manage this 1 million. Or maybe all of a sudden, God, I have prayed, yo, 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 yo. Now, this is the place of compromise. Potiphar's house is the place of compromise. You are at a space whereby you are sitting down. God has promised you a very God-fearing man. The man that will be after God had all of a sudden, one unbeliever, drunkard, have no destiny, come around and tell you, baby, I love you. You look at the guy. Like, yo, at least let me manage this one. I have prayed for the one to come. Let me manage this one. Let me just accept this. You know, you know, the place of compromise. Joseph was at the place of compromise. It was okay for Joseph to compromise and stay after all. All he just need to do is to lock the door. The key was in his hand. Lock the door and do what he needs to do like a young man on Potiphar's wife. Then all of a sudden, he would have killed his destiny totally. But he looked at it and says, never, not in my watch, will I compromise on this part. As far as I know, the God said to me that I will be the head and not the tail. He says, for everyone will come to me and they shall bow down. No, it can't be only you, Potiphar's wife, that will bow down to me. No, just because you lie down on the bed does not mean that you are bowing down to me. Because after I do what I have to do, the next minute you will report me. I don't know. The place of compromise. Majority of us currently now, we are the place of compromise. 
and I decree upon anyone this morning at the verge of compromising the things that God has given them. I break that yoke off your life in the name of Jesus. Anyone and any system that is currently putting you at the place of compromise where you feel like losing your faith, you feel like losing your mind, you feel like saying it is okay, I choose to stay here, I am tired of moving forward again. Every forces that is speaking to you this morning, I judge that force and I cause the roots from the ground in the name of Jesus. The place of compromise. The place of compromise. Joseph understand that it is not in my watch will I compromise. Remember the point one? is the fact that you will be separated. For destiny, separation will come. Now the place of compromise, ha, it always looks like the destination, but it is not to. Just because it looks like does not mean that it is. My dear, just because it looks like does not mean that it is. Now what is the third P? Ah, this is the third P where, it, you, this third P, you are closer to the final bus stop. And majority of us, we are the third P currently also. The third P talks about the place of, of the prison. Mind you, from the pits, he went to Potiphar's house. From Potiphar's house, now all of a sudden, he refuses to turn compromise because why? He knows that there is a destination for him. The place God has said to me is bigger than what I'm seeing here. So I will not go, I'm not going to cut corners. Never. I can't just be a manager of one man's house when I know that God has said to me that I will manage nation. How do I manage? What, I, it's, a, it's a huge insult on my destiny. Joseph understands that. But we saw the place of the pit. I mean the place of the prison. As I'm talking about a prison, the only story that is coming into my head is the story of Nelson Mandela, the late Nelson Mandela, where the place of prison also came upon his life. The place for him where he was at the pit, where he was going through all those trials. From there, he was at the place of compromise to, to refuse. He refused to negotiate the black man's freedom. He says, I'm not going to renegotiate this thing. By all of a sudden, my people will not be subjugated. No way. He stood, but he went to the prison. Karoto Zatata. What happened in the prison is what produces Nelson Mandela. See, majority of us are at the prison place. What is the prison in our life? The prison is the place of pruning. It is the place of cultivation. It is a place of system and mind shifting. That is what prison does. Prison will make you sit back and look and say, okay, if I am in the prison, this is a place where things that need to fall out of your life, they begin to fall. Things that does not matter because why? God is about to show you up and introduce you to the place of your palace. We can see with the story. Let me even bring the one that is more close, close to us. Because if I keep talking about Joseph, I wonder who is Joseph. Nelson Mandela, and most of, for example, Nelson Mandela, Awolowo, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, our fathers of, our fathers of heroes of faith, heroes of faith, and even those that fought the freedom of our African country. There was a place of prison in their life. But this is a thing about Nelson Mandela for me that I want to use as an example. When he was at a place of prison, this was a man that went into prison bitter. He was angry to the point that he was not willing to, he, he was so annoyed. But the one that went into prison and the one that became the president of South Africa in 1994, the prison place have done the pruning. It has shaped his mind, shaped his thinking, shaped his head. He has learned systems and structure while in the prison. While in the prison. My dear, there are some of us that are currently in that very particular place. We don't like the prison, but it is okay. I will give you an example of people like that. You know too well that God has said to you that you have to start your company. But you are currently now in a company that you don't, you are wondering, Jesus. And you are looking at this boss, you are thinking, what the hell? You are the one bringing in all the business for the boss, but yet he did not want to recognize you. That is what prison does. Prison will make you be, what's it called? What's it called? Empowering a system that you don't like. 
but yet, do you notice that Joseph in the prison, he was helping people to interpret their dream, but nobody was there to interpret his own dream for him. That is the prison experience. The prison experience would, would it will prune you. It will teach you patience. It will teach you system. It will shift your mind to begin to see new possibility. The pruning process. The pruning process. Majority of us were in the pruning process. Now I put some certain things here. How do I negotiate the prison experience? There is always what to do in the prison. Because mind you, from the prison, it is very small for you to get to the palace. From the prison, it is very small. What do I do? Because this one, if you can capture this one, your life will never remain the same again. What do I do when I'm in a prison state? For you who want to start that business, you're working for somebody. For you who want to marry, but at the same time also, you are currently now sitting and you are wondering, man, how do I, you are, you are at the stage whereby you have decided to let the boyfriend go. You are in your prison state. What do I do? Because there is always what to do for the believer. We are not stranded. I tell people, I say, and I'm going to say, no believer born of God is stranded. We always have what to do at every point in time. What do I need to do at that very particular place? And these are the things, these are secrets that helped me to be here this morning. Now the same thing also I want to share with you. Five things that you need to do when you're in your prison state. Number one, learn everything you can in the prison. Learn everything you can in the prison. Do you know that it was in the prison that Joseph get to learn what is happening in the palace? Because why the two guys who were put in the prison, the two guys, one of them was the cop bearer and the other guy, I forgot his name. The two guys, they told him what happens in the prison. Yet he was servicing them, but yet he was learning the system of what the palace looked like. It may look as if the system, you don't like it, but learn. Don't be angry with the system because it is in the place of pain. You learn. You are in that company currently. And all of a sudden, you know that you know how to start a logistic business. You have the logistic, but you need to learn the process on how to ship the business from one point to another. Take your time. Learn it because your palace is about to come. Learn everything you can in the place of your prison. Point number two, dear. Remember I say five points. Build an intelligent connection. And this is where sometimes we miss it. Like, why would I? What, what kind of nonsense? I mean, my prison. How do you build intelligent connection? Imagine if Joseph did not build a relationship with those two boys. Imagine. He was a smart guy. There are others in the prison, but Joseph, we can see from the Bible, Joseph did not follow others because he knows that, brah, this place is closer to my destination. Let me connect with these people. Let me connect with these guys. He, he was, see, not everybody that needs to be your friend in the prison state. No. You know your destiny. Be determined. That is the place I want to get to. The same thing also applies to us, for instance. In my marriage, there are guys that have put as a system. I know that I, if you can marry one woman for 47 years, watching one television channel, and yet you are not born. I mean, you are not born. Jesus, I need that grace. In our dispensation, where people will marry in the morning, divorce in the afternoon, then in the evening, they tell you that hey, you don't understand. I say, never. Everything that I need to do in my prison state, I learned it. I was saying to one of my friends the other day, I said, do you know that before I got married, that year, I read four books concerning women. Four books, one of them that stays in my head. I was in my prison. I knew that my beauty wife, Kanisa, is going to pop someday. But before she pops, let me learn what is happening. I built an intelligent, learn very well. Partner with guys who are married. How do you guys do it now? I remember my previous pastor, the church I was serving before. And I said, how do you, how do you guys do it? Like how? Teach me. I know that I said, no, I don't want to get there and learn. No, let me learn now. Let my intelligence be strong. And I keep hanging around seminars. Married seminars, you'll find me there. I build relationship with those very particular. No wonder it was easy for my wife to pop out. When she popped, pooh, I know, pooh, that's her. Build intelligent connection. Not everybody should be your friend. Four books I read, four for marriage. I read it. At least those are the ones that was at my availability. 
read it. The two ministries, I said, no, there are people that have brought in as an intelligent connection in my life. Some of them, I displayed them on Facebook the other day. Intelligent connection. So that in case if something were to happen, I quickly call them, hey, what's happening here? Intelligent. See, it is in the place of your prison you determine who is your friend in the future. Intelligent connection. Build one. Then number three, what do you need to do? Be willing to offer your passion or your gift, even if it's for free. Be willing. How will they announce you when you've not been able to tell them what you are doing? It is in the prison you tell them what you are doing. They call you, please, I want you to come and do this event for me. And you look at it like, man, damn it. This person is not going to pay me the good money. You ask them, how much is your fee? They, you, they, you told them, yeah, my fee is 50000 And they tell you they want to give you 10000 It's okay, collect it. Put your name on that very particular place because you don't know who is going to be there to watch you tomorrow. The, Joseph was very intelligent. He was willing to offer to interpret the dream for the two guys. Free of charge, without no money. He learned how to offer. Free. No wonder when the time came for him to be remembered. One of them remembered him by force. Because why? See, every services in which you rendered, either to man or to God, there is always a recompense. It come back, pressed down, shake it together, running over. Joseph understand the mystery. And Joseph refused to allow the system to put him in a particular place. He was willing to push for his possibility. He was willing. Willing to offer your passion for free when you're in the prison state. And number four, talk your tomorrow regardless of your prison state. Talk your tomorrow. Joseph was constantly sharing his vision with the guys. You don't understand. My tomorrow is going to be better than today. The fortitude grace for me to be able to carry this thing. I know that too well that yes, there is a hope for me. There is a talk your tomorrow even though you're in the prison. Because your tomorrow is just the next day. You are about to get to the palace. And also, the five, three, the fifth thing here, stay in God because your announcing is just around the corner. Stay in God because your announcing is just around the corner. We can see that with the life of Joseph, while he was in the prison, Joseph stayed in God. Joseph was not intimidated by what is currently happening in his life. He knew too well that if it has taken me thus far to be here, regardless of the fact that I'm in the prison, it will still take the same God to remove me from this prison and not man. And we can see at the fourth point there, the fourth P, the fact that Joseph got into the palace and the palace represents the place of crowning. I decree this morning, every one of you that have been separated, you have gone to the place uh -huh, whereby you almost compromise. Uh, you are just prison place. I decree upon your life. The palace experience becomes your reality in the name of Jesus. Joseph got to the place of the palace. The palace is where you will be crowned. The palace is where the crowning happened. The palace is where the narrative shifts. The palace is where the conversation all of a sudden we can see in the life of Joseph. After he has learned how to, he has negotiated his part. He has been able to teach people for free. He was able to, 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 to learn system and structure. He stayed in God. The palace had to pop out. The palace had to pop out. My dear, this morning, I hear in my spirit, somebody is about to get into their palace space in the name of Jesus. The place that will make men to remember you. I decree everyone that needs to remember you for your palace to come to pass. They remember you this season in the name of Jesus. Joseph got into the place of a palace. You can see where the life of Joseph from an 18 years old boy in Genesis chapter 37 uh, down to Genesis chapter 41. There was always the place of the pit. There was the place of Potiphar. There was the place of the prison. And there was the place of the palace. I decree this morning upon everyone's life that has gone through any of the face and you are tired and you want to experience your palace experience. Right now I release that grace upon your life in the name of Jesus. Now at this very particular point uh, now that I understand that what to do 
Now, what else do I need? What must I do since I know that this is part of the plan? One more time, I want somebody to say upon their life, I know that this is part of the plan. <laughs> say it one more time. This is part of the plan. You are the one that is thinking that God has given up on you. You are the one that is thinking that nothing is going to happen in your life. But it is part of the plan. It is part of the plan. The plan has been made available. It is time for you to enjoy that very particular grace. The plan has been made available. It is time for you to be able to. God is going to use that same mess and convert it to a message for you in the name of Jesus. My dear, the palace is real. The palace is real. The palace is real. But as we begin to bring this very particular message to an end, Karoto Balata Gebrato Zata. I pray upon somebody's life this morning. Every face in which you are currently, the face of your pit, the face of your prison, the face of the Potiphar's house, I push you right now into the place of your crowning. In the name of Jesus, anyone that has vowed to say nothing good will come out of your life. I decree upon you, Father, let them watch you succeed in the name of Jesus. The grace of God that has made me a wonder to my generation. That even me, myself, I am sure God can you use me. Let that same wonder reach your life this morning in the name of Jesus. That is always the place of the palace. If you are willing to take the fortitude grace and willing to understand that it is part of the plan. They fired you, so what? It is part of the plan. Your husband or your wife divorced you, so what? It is part of the plan. The people abandoned you, so what? It is part of the plan. As we come to an end this morning, I think it's about eight things that we need to, I will quickly run through this one so that we'll be able to pray a few minutes from now. Just give me the next 10 minutes, we'll be done. Eight things that we need to do when it comes, when we find ourselves, whereby we now know that, okay, all this that I'm going, it is part of the plan. What must I do? If you are very smart on these very particular things that I want to mention, you will see that it's also the acronyms of something that's currently now that we're talking about. What must I do that I know that it is part of the plan? Now that you know it is part of the plan, what must I do? Point number one here, as we begin to bring this to a close. Face your fears. Face the fear. They have said to you that yes, you cannot succeed. Face that fear. Face the fear. They said to you that nothing good can come out of your life. It's okay. Face that very particular limitation. You know too well you're supposed to take that decision, but yet you're not taking it. Face the fear. Joseph got to a particular point in his life. Like, yes, I know that if I live in this Potiphar's house, it's going to be a pain, but I'm willing to do that. Face the fear because why your destiny is attached to the fear behind. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Joshua 1 verse 9. The Bible says, he said, have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. The Lord is with you wherever you are sent you to go. Face that fear. Face that fear. I don't care what the fear is. The time for you to face the fear is now. And I decree that everything that has made you not to face your fear, made you not to face that very particular thing, I break that yoke off your neck in the name of Jesus. Quickly, point number two. What do you need to do? Remember the first one, say face your fear. If you are smart, you will know the acronyms I'm doing this morning. The first one says face your fear. The second one, what do I need to do? Organize your weaknesses. Organize your weaknesses. You know that your weaknesses is that you talk too much. You, you Things that you are not supposed to organize your weaknesses. Put them together to say, this weakness, 
I will deal with you. You will not stop me from taking. Some of you, your weaknesses is the fact that you procrastinate. You are supposed to do it today. You have, I will do, I will do, I will do. It is almost more than five years, if I'm not mistaken. I will do it tomorrow. I will do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, do you notice that tomorrow doesn't come to an end? Every time you mention tomorrow, tomorrow pops up. Why don't you do it now? Organize your weaknesses. You can find that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Because I'll be a bit fast on this one. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Organize your weaknesses. The Bible there says, from the Passion Translation, it says, so, I'm not defeated by my weakness. Organize it so that you can't be defeated by it. It says, so, I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure my mistreatment, when I am surrounded with trouble on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am yet stronger for my weakness becomes a porter to God's power. My weakness becomes a porter to God's power. Organize your weaknesses. The Bible Paul makes us to understand. He said, I am not defeated by my weakness. Every one of us has a weakness. We have it, but arrange it, arrange it, arrange it. Your weakness is when you see a guy pass you, Jesus, you have lose your brain. Agonize your weakness together. Come, 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 come down. It is part of the plan. God can use your weakness to write new possibility when you learn how to organize your weakness. Point number three. What must I do now that I know that it is part of the plan? Reaffirm your ability in Christ. Reaffirm your ability in Christ. You are in the mess, it's okay. Lord, I choose to stand on the promise in which you have said. You are in the mess, it's okay. Lord, I will not compromise on this very particular thing. You are in the mess, it's okay. Lord, I look up to the hill from where my help comes. Reaffirm your place in Christ. We can see that in the book of um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says in the King James Version, he said, I know how to abase and I know how to abound. Everything in all things I have learned both to be full and also to be, to be hungry. Both to abound and also to suffer need. He now says in verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He was, he was reaffirming himself even in the place of impossibility. He was saying at that very particular point in Philippians that even though I don't have anything, but I have chosen that I will continue to stay because I know he that is in me. We can also see the book of Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 9 to verse, I mean, Ephesians 3, 19 and 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. And the Bible says there, he said, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, and that ye may be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. There is a power on your inside. Reaffirm yourself with that power. I can do this. I can do this. Regardless of it, I can push forward. Regardless of this, I can move again. Regardless of what you are saying, I can stand stronger. You reaffirm yourself in Christ. Because why? Christ has become your identity. That also now becomes your reality. What is number four? Trust your capacity. Your capacity to do it. See, my dear, see, every one of us has been given the measure of grace. We all have something that God has given us. I remember when we were studying this very particular ministry. Yo, you don't understand the fear that came into my life. You think they me sitting here. You don't understand. I have reorganized my weakness. I have, you don't understand all the things that I have done to be here this morning. You have no clue. You think it is easy for me to sit. And I know that there's a lot of people watching me currently. And also there are those listening to me already. Man, dear, sometimes your eye can even make me forget how to spell my own name. But I have learned that very particular thing. I trust my capacity. 
I remember when we were starting this ministry, there is no grace and no faith that my wife did not prayed me into. Because all of a sudden, I was so, I almost wanted to compromise in my own Potiphar's house. But I have, got, but because I knew too, there is a place called there. There is a rest that God has marked for the people. And so I have to stand up because God is only going to judge me by the work he has called me for. He's not going to judge me by the work people gave me. The work that he has called me for. Then I had to trust my capacity. I remember I was saying to my wife, babe, do you know that we have 52 weeks in a year? So I have to preach 52 messages. How? Ah, how? 52? How did this pastor do it? How? 52 messages in a year. The other day with the IT guys, I was sitting there. I was looking at the video. <laughs> I was looking at the video thus far. Between, if I'm not mistaken, between April to now, I think we are less than eight months, nine months currently in the ministry. Eight months, nine months. I looked at it. 60 videos have been produced. And yet I was worried for 52 videos. To be able to arrange your Sunday services. 60 thus far has been produced. And yet all the 60 carry testimonies. The same thing this morning I released upon your life. Every one of you listening to me this morning. I don't care whatever platform you are using. Every grace for your capacity to come alive. I release that grace upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Trust your capacity. You can do that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said there is no temptation taking you such as is common to man. No temptation taking you. Say God is able. He will not tempt you beyond that which you are able to bear. But in the place of the temptation, there is a way out. There is always a way out. Trust your capacity that there is a way. What is the next point? Point number five. Because as I said, I'm in a hurry to finish this one. Point number five. What is the next point here? Point number five here. I says ignite your inner strength. The inner one. The one that is resting in your spirit. Ignite it. My dear, the day you gave your life to Christ, your spirit man was born again. Your spirit man is operating 100% in Christ. Everything that you are praying for, it is sitting in your spirit. You just need to ignite your inner strength. Ignite your inner strength. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not be strong in your own capacity. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that is on your inside. Finally, he used the word in conclusion. After everything that I've said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Also, what do you need to do on point number six? Take action in the presence of the fear. In that place where you are afraid of, take action. Take the action. What, 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 worst case, you die. And so, at least you take action. Imagine if Tatamadiba did not take action in liberating the average black man in South Africa. What would have happened? Somebody needs to take action. Your destiny is depending on you this moment for you to take action. Take action. James chapter 1 from verse 22 to 25. James 1, 23 to 25. Take the action that you need. Point number 7, because of my time, as I'm trying as much as possible to close on time. Point number 7, understand that you are born for this. <laughs> understand that you are born for this. Joseph knew too well that come down regardless of the fact that the compromise has come on the table, which is Potiphar's house. I was born for this. I will go to the prison. Regardless of the thing that won't come on my table, I was born for this. I was born for this. Somebody this morning need to open their mouth and say, I am born for this. I refuse to allow anything to negate my saying. I refuse to allow anything to make me shrink the possibility Christ has given me. I am born for this. 
We can see that in the book of Galatians chapter 1 verse 5. Galatians 1 verse 5. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the, with the yoke of bondage. Stand for this. Be not entangled. Don't be moved by what is happening. Stay for the things God has called you for. Stand for something. I remember I was speaking to my wife yesterday. I think concerning these issues of uh, much called do not Trump or no do not Trump or Joseph, whatever they call it, Democrats and Republic. And there's a particular thing that happened on my Facebook and I was just saying. I said, see, when you stand for not, when you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. People know me too well. When it comes to women empowerment, my dear, I don't care the errors any woman has made. There is always a grace for a woman to come back. That is what I am standing for. Whether you say the person has an ugly past, you, do we know your own? Let's be honest, do we know your own ugly past? Is it because this person knows it's on the table? At Nigeria, I used to say this very particular statement. I think it's good for me to say it in broken so that you can go and Google it and find. He said, when fawonyash blow, he said, when breeze blow, fawonyash go open. Indirectly, when wind blows, we will see the things that you don't want us to see. Is it, you see, every leader that is standing on the top, there is a gun pointing at them. Every, including me. But stand for something. This morning, if all you can do from the message, stand from something because that is where your victory lies. You can also look at the book of Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 28. The point number 8, what else must I do? Determine to finish what is ahead. I'm not saying determine to finish what is here. Determine to finish what is ahead. For us as Platform Church, God has called us with a mandate for us to give rest on all the seven mountains of influence. That's a huge responsibility. And that is why for me, I am quick to tell people, my friends, see all these, all these, all these emotions and all this drama you are playing. Can you come? Let's do this thing together. I am sent for us to be able to enjoy rest. But until your hand is on the table fully, whether you are in or not, he has given me responsibility. I, would, I am determined to finish what is ahead of me. I have seen the end. It is beautiful. The end is glorious. We can see that in the book of James chapter 1 verse 4. James 1 verse 4. He said, but let patience have her perfect work. And ye, he said that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Be perfect. Determined to finish your work. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verse 7. It says, be ye strong therefore and let not your hand be weak. For your weak, I mean for your work shall be rewarded. Be ye therefore strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Determine. I have fought a good fight. I have finished. That's what Paul said. Determine to finish everything that God has said concerning your life. And the final point, this very particular moment, karoto shatata, is encourage and engage your giftings in the mess. Encourage and engage your gifting in the mess. I'm not saying encourage when you're out. In that very particular mess you are. Don't wait to be out to do it. Do it there, right there, right there, right there. It was in the prison. What's called Joseph was interpreting dream. He didn't only get to the palace to study. He was interpreting in the prison. In the place of his prison, he was interpreting. Encourage and engage your giftings in the mess. If you notice, I have just given you the acronyms of fortitude. It talks about the ability, the courage, the grace for you. That's why it's called, it's called, that's why it's called the fortitude grace. It is a grace that has been given, and this is how you engage it. And I've given you scriptures. Engage and encourage your giftings in the mess. You can find that in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, from verse 6 to verse 8. 1 Samuel 36 to 8 is a story whereby we get to understand that David at this very particular point, they have come, they have taken everything for him, but he had to encourage himself. 
He encouraged himself and he went to the Lord. Lord, can I go? And the Lord says, you can go. You can overtake. See, you get to the point where you have to be the one to be angry for your destiny. You have to be the one to wake up in the morning and say, enough is enough. I refuse to let another day pass without me making a mark on this earth. Do you know that every day the Bible says he daily loaded us with benefits. But that benefit of today, have you engaged that benefit? Have you encouraged yourself to say, I must do it? We can also see in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 16 to verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to verse 18. The Bible says, for which we faint not, but through our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed by day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. This thing is but for a moment. Walketh for us more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. He said, why we look at the things which are not seen, but the things which are seen. For the things which are not seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are eternal. And we can see also in the book of Genesis chapter 41, from verse 13 to verse 15, the Bible says, and it came to pass. This is a story of Joseph as I begin to bring my thought to a closer. And it came to pass. And it came to pass as he interprets so was he the bible says at that very particular point as he interprets all of a sudden everything that joseph would need to do it comes together for him it comes together for him joseph knew that at this very particular point that it is about to change like this morning, somebody's life is about to change. When the call came on Joseph at Genesis chapter 41, when the door knocked for his crown to come into play, when the door knocked for the possibility to begin to shift, Joseph understand him. But let me read this scripture quickly because this is where I begin to bring my thoughts to a close once and for all. Genesis chapter 41, from verse 13 to verse 15. Genesis 41, 13 to verse 15. The Bible says here, it says, And it came to pass, like somebody this morning, every pain in which you have gone through, every fears, every arrow, shot around your destiny and it come to pass because why it is part of it and it came to pass as he interpreted to us so it, it was me he restored unto my office and him was hanged then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. Somebody's about to be brought hastily this morning. Somebody's about to be brought from the place of obscurity to the place of prominence. Somebody's about to be brought out from the place of discomfort. Somebody's about to get to the place of prominence. Somebody's about to bump into a new miracle. Somebody this morning, God is in a hurry to remove you from the place of shackles and to position you in the place of fame. The Bible says, and he was brought out hastily from the dungeon. The Bible, now this is what I like about Joseph. Oh, like someone is about to cut. This is a revelation for somebody this morning. Someone is about to catch this. The Bible says, as he was brought out hastily, Joseph was not in a hurry. The Bible said, Joseph went. He shaved himself. He changed his raiment and he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto him, I have had a dream that there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard Say of thee that thou can interpret the dream. Joseph knew at this very particular point that a nerve is a nerve. I am not coming back again. The Bible said Joseph removed the prison clothes. I decree upon your life every prison cloth that you have been wearing, every cloth of shame, every cloth of disgrace, every cloth of bitterness, every cloth of divorce, every cloth of worries and anxiety. I decree this morning by the grace of God upon my life, I remove that cloth from your life. Hey, 
Shakata. I remove the clothes of your life. The Bible says Joseph changes clothes. He shaved himself. Joseph was looking at her. He knows this is the palace that I'm waiting for. I know that I carry the solution here. Nobody can do it the way I can do it. Nobody can pull the possibilities. The Bible says Joseph shaved himself, changed his raiment, and went up and show up regardless of the mess. He might not have eaten anything that morning, but he was ready to show up. I decree upon your life, whoever you are this morning, they thought that the divorce and the separation will kill you. But my dear, they have no plan. They have no understanding that it was part of the plan. They thought that you losing your job, it is going to make you lose your life. They have no understanding that it was part of the plan. They thought that you have been in the prison for too long. They have no clue that it was part of the plan. They thought that because you are Sarah and you cannot carry your baby at the time expected, they have no clue that it was part of the plan. They thought that you as Joseph, that you've been put in the pit, you've been put in Potiphar's house, you've been put in the prison. They have no clue that your palace is about to show forth. It was part of the plan. I want somebody this morning to wake up and begin to stand up on your feet and begin to pray their way into possibilities and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because all this that I am going through, it is part of the plan. Lord, I give you the resources. Use my Peter. Use my prisoner. Use my Potiphar's house. Use my divorce. Use my failures. Use my fears. Open your mouth this moment and begin to pray. I have brought God's counsel for you. It is part of the plan. The fortitude, the grace to go through, the grace to stand strong, the grace to run the race and not to be weary. That grace is upon you this morning. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Baby, I want you to understand. Sweet, I want you to understand that it may look as if people are talking bad. People are saying stuff, but I know too well that it is part of the plan. God is about to change the narratives. God is about to change your life. My beloved sisters and my beloved brothers, I am saying to you this morning, it is part of the plan. It is part of the plan. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28, he says all things work together. It is part of the plan for all things to work together. You thought that I cannot amount to anything. Watch me do God. You thought that it is over for me. Watch me do God. You thought I cannot do God's work. Watch me do God. You thought that this is my last. That nothing can happen in my life. Watch me do God. Open your mouth this morning and begin to pray and say, Lord, the fortitude grace, the grace, the fortified grace, the ability to go through. Ah, ta, ta, ta. Open your mouth and begin to pray and say, Lord, the fortitude, the grace. The grace, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I don't know who you are this morning and you are listening to me and you're watching. And you're saying, Pastor, I am tired. I am tired of this level. I need a change of life. I want to release my faith with you this morning. You said, I am tired of this thing. Lord, I need a change. I need a change. I need a change. 
I am tired of what is happening. Lord, all of a sudden I wake up this morning and all of a sudden I feel like losing my mind. Maybe you are at the very end of yourself. You wake up and you don't even know what to do. I am here to pray with you. If you are that person, please and please, I want you to lift your hand this moment wherever you are. If you are driving, it's okay. You can lift your hand in your heart because why God is about to hit you where you are and to change that narrative. Ratuku Lord, I pray for my sister and my brother, the ones that are tired of what is happening. They are tired of being around for too long and yet nothing is happening in their life. Lord, you are the one that changed the life of Sarah. You changed the life of Joseph. You changed the life of the three Hebrew boys. Lord, I decree upon this ones that they have lifted their hands and said, enough is enough. Lord, I join my faith with them. I decree right now, every pain that they have gone through, enough is enough. I cause that pain. Die in the name of Jesus. You are watching me this moment. You are at the point of compromise. You are saying that if nothing is going to happen, I am about to shift the trend. Lord, I pray for this sister and this brother. Every power sponsoring compromise in your life. I break that yoke off your life in the name of Jesus. Lord, I release the fortitude grace. Everyone this morning that you're listening to me, I want you to receive the fortitude grace, the grace to carry on. I activate it over your life. In the name of Jesus, I activate the grace to push one more time. The grace to push one more time. The grace to push one more time. I release it upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I thank you. One more time, I just want you to keep praying this moment. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, Family of Rest.